0: This is the Rising Tide Startups podcast, where we chat with startup founders from all over the globe to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Every episode of Rising Tide Startups is sponsored by Podbrand Media. Let Podbrand create and host your company branded podcast. Learn more at podbrandmedia.com. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. I have a very special guest with me today, Eric Harrison. Eric, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Yeah,
1: thanks, Kevin, so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So I I hate doing intros for people. I I would much rather them intro themselves. But if you and I met at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me?
1: Yeah, I uh, would say my name is Eric Harrison. I am... Uh, the founder of a company called Thrive. I've uh, been in entrepreneurship for just under uh, five years now. Really passionate about uh, the subject, really passionate about helping Bootstrap founders in particular kind of grow and find their own niche and voice and build businesses from scratch. And uh, that's what fires me up and, uh, you know, experience some of those challenges in my own journey and, and really passionate about finding folks that look a lot like me and and helping them find success kind of in their own life, so.
0: So nobody, nobody wakes up one day and just says, Hey, i want to start a community for bootstrap founders here. So what was the, what was kind of that light bulb moment that you had? I'm um, kind of walk us maybe from university to where you are now, you know, kind of a quick journey of, and how you, you know, the steps along the way there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I uh, I kind of stumbled upon it. You know, you're you're kind of right along no way. A lot of us and, do. Uh,
0: That's right. right.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one. I no went one out for a burger,
0: up. and next thing I know, I'm I'm doing a podcast. That's right. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Well, I um I went to school at the University of Illinois in uh, Urbana-Champaign, and when I came out of school, I I thought honestly I wanted to start a company. Uh, all my friends and I from college, or um, I was really active in like the Boy Scouts of America. Knew I knew a lot of people who really just had um, entrepreneurial spirit and resiliency, and Mm -hmm. I knew a lot of entrepreneurs and thought, you know, this can't be that hard to actually start (laughs) uh, a company. Boy, was I wrong. Um, (laughs) Coming out of college, we were really involved in social groups and organizations for nonprofits that were around. you know, youth serving organizations, but Mm -hmm. we were really always help us help focus on like cultural transformation and and manage change management, things like that. And um, we knew from the businesses that we had seen that that was like a big gap. And uh, I got three of my friends, and uh, we started a company called census, uh, that was really designed to help build mission obsessed uh, teams. Uh, So we ran that company for about three years. And I made, I feel like every mistake, you know, in the book, you know, really experienced challenges, managing cash, like hired the wrong people, scaled too quickly, and um, really just stumbled through that journey. And, and you know, I remember every month I would go to my co-founders and just say like, I needed a, a mentor, <laughs> you know, we, we need a mentor. We need somebody yeah. who's been in our shoes before. And everybody that I talked to, um, their offer is always the same. It was always like some level of money in exchange for equity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the challenge I had posed back to them was we actually need more money. I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I just looked for a community like this and, and couldn't find it. Um, we ended up scaling the business way too quickly and kind of getting out over our skis and decided we all wanted to go work for startups instead and kind of fill in some of those gaps that we didn't hmm. have. And I spent the next two years really working in a bootstrap startup company I helped grow up from, about six employees to 18, about 300,000 revenue to over a million. And that helped me fill that skill gap and just kind of in my spare time in that company, I thought, you know, I am a big fan of pavilion and other communities like that and thought Mm -hmm. how cool it'd be to start this community that I couldn't find my first business. That's kind of how I stumbled on it.
0: Well, you mentioned pavilion. I mean, Sam, Sam was a a interviewer on the podcast and, and uh, the founder of that. And it's, it is a great community that he's building there, but so it's interesting. It's you're one of those rare people that I kind of had a boomerang strategy, you know, I'm going to go out, but I'm going to, but it's to come back. I mean, it's not to go out and just stay in that, you know, stay as an employee in a startup. I mean, you really had a, had a goal in mind and obviously You can look back and uh, from an early age, you know, Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, you know, whatever those steps are to get to where you were. I mean, you, you had some discipline. You certainly had, you know, a plan that you had followed, you know, but even early at an early age, but tell me about the idea. So when you, when you were working for these startups and you thought, okay, now's the time now, now's the time to come back.
1: Yeah. Um, it's funny, I told. The guy who is the CEO of this company that I, I worked at for just under three years, when I when I started there, he said, um, or in my interview, actually, he said, what does success look like for you here? And I said, honestly, this might sound ironic, but it'd be, I work here for three years, get all the skills and domains that I need to run a company, and I, I leave <laughs> and, uh, and, and go out and build that. And, you know, I was at a point there where the company was starting to become self-sustaining in mm-hmm. a lot of ways you know I, I was in charge of revenue for a while and then took more of a kind of like people leadership focused role mm-hmm. and i really grew confidence i think in the areas that i was so nervous about in my first business i think i had an opportunity to, to quit my full-time job when we were building that first company and i was just too inconfident, you know in mm-hmm. the company and i had reached a point with this where i said you know okay, I really want to go out and start something. I know there's a gap for this because I was our customer in yep. a sense. And, you know, when I started, I was still in a full-time job. So I thought, you know, let's do this. Let's just do it kind of for fun. And like, let's see if there's something here. So, um, you know, I took advice from a lot of people that was like, man, just start it. It's a, it's a free community. The worst thing that happens is you meet a lot of cool people. So I was kind of the thinking.
0: So tell me this. So one thing I've heard over and over again, and I, I mean, I have... Some very limited experience and kind of starting my own thing, but the idea that you know startups don't have any money, you know that's that's what you hear over and over again. People say, "Man, I want to work with startups," and the one thing I found is that they don't have any money. So, and especially if you're bootstrapping that, I mean everything is on a kind of a shoestring budget, you know, early. So, what is what is the business model around around Thrive Bootstrap? What's the what is the what's the end game or the end goal here? yeah great great question um so you said the community was free right
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yep it is a a question we get a lot you know the the business model is in a sense um the top of the funnel really is this this kind of free community that is Mm -hmm. open to any and all bootstrappers and you know a lot of people think about bootstrappers it's just like early stage startups but Um, you know, you think about like a lot of small local towns, most of those companies are are bootstrapped as well. Right. Um, So we have a lot of, um, even like mom and pop shops in there, which is, which is awesome. So kind of get them into the free community. We do a lot of weekly kind of like dialogue conversations. We offer a lot of like free events, webinars, things like that. When people have been in there for a while and, you know, I'll call them like super users, you know, Mm -hmm. shown some real interest and kind of come back every week, we invite them to, a bit higher tier, I'll call it, like paid webinars with um, people that I think have a bit more credibility behind them mm-hmm. in terms of guests. I do a paid mastermind with uh, only about 15 folks right now, but I'm looking to expand that. And then um, we're bringing a coaching offering um, to market right now and piloting that with a bunch of companies that is really designed around helping them become more profitable, create a healthier sales pipeline, and put their productivity in places that is really going to generate revenue back into the business. So you know, I think the community will always be free. That's something that I looked for in my right. first business and i think um their budgets are definitely tight i think they're resourceful but i think people are willing mm-hmm. to spend things on things that will bring money back into the business as well we're finding so it's cool we're kind of building the coaching offering with their feedback in mind and it's been cool
0: i mean it it sounds like it almost goes against maybe the ethos of what you're trying to start but have <laughs> you are is part of the goal at some point in time to have some sort of vc angel fund that can help people out you know you take s- certain amount of equity in exchange for coaching or that type of thing is that is that built into the future model
1: i i can't say for certain that we'll do something like that i think something we will definitely look to do is have a lot of strategic partnerships i think mm-hmm. and that very well could be one of them you know i always tell folks i'm i'm certainly not anti-vc or anti-raise money in any regard i think for a lot of businesses, it, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, and that's the route they should go. Yeah. I think with a lot of these folks, you know, we get the question a lot of times, hey, I'm bootstrapped, I anticipate I'll be bootstrapped for the next 15 months, but I'm not gonna be forever. And you know, my comment back to people is always, we gotta get you to that point, otherwise mm-hmm. you, won't have, right. you won't have a need to raise money. So I, I, I don't know for certain, but I could definitely see us partnering with somebody who can do like a non-dilutive um, exchange uh, of some sort, for
0: sure. You also, you offer other services, like whether it's white labeled services or, or do you have a gallery or portfolio of kind of strategic partners, you know, within the community too, that might offer some kind of tertiary services for startups? Yeah,
1: absolutely. We've started to really pull in a lot of people and we're trying to pull together a full list that I think spans the capacity Mm -hmm. of skills that I personally can't coach for and and don't teach. We have someone that we're pulling in right now that is um, very, very good at like cold email Mm -hmm. outbound, specifically for startups. We have somebody that's like built, he was the head of sales at Square um, and Block for a while. So Mm -hmm. he's um, bootstrapping a company now and is helping um, companies that are kind of like over the 200,000 mark in revenue. Um, So we're trying to find those skill gaps that people are voicing in the community saying, "I need." Help with this i'm experiencing this challenge and particularly i think if it's something i can't solve for i think is the founder of the community something that i've realized is i think i have an obligation to go out and bring that skill back into the mm-hmm. community whether it's through um a free resource or, or a paid resource or, or something like that
0: now, did you start this virtually on your own or are you one of three? What, what is the, what's the, the, the C-suite structure look like? <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, that might me. be a little loose use of the term, but that's <laughs> no, <right. it's>, uh, <laughs> I also it's, take out the trash so
1: yeah. I'm the CEO,
0: but I also, yeah, clean all the windows. So absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just me, um, in my first company, I had, I had three co-founders and, um, I think almost it had too much governance behind mm-hmm. it. And I'll, I'll say I, I started this one, you know, my own money, my own equity, and um, a capacity that I went out and solved for is I built an advisory board of people that mm-hmm. didn't take equity in the company, but had like a real interest in in helping me mm-hmm. uh, and seeing this be successful because they're passionate about the same topic. So um, just me in terms of like running it, but um, give a lot of credit to those seven folks I put on the board. They've challenged me and supported me uh, alongside my family and other people in, in a lot of different ways
0: what's uh without without divulging names because you know we want to make sure that we're you are protecting you know your client base or whatever but tell us a kind of a generic success story that you've seen i mean first of all like how long has the community been been in existence and that kind of gives us some context of the story
1: yeah um i think just about five months is when we opened it i uh, i actually wasn't going to open it until we hit about 500 people, which I think would have been a mistake. And and folks from my board said these things are gaining organic traction. Just open it up with 40 people, make it engaging, mm-hmm. and go. Which is which is what we did. Probably the coolest success story since I've been in there. I had someone; he was one of our original, like 40 people in it. Was very very active, like commented in it six, seven, eight times a week. And he reached out to me because I started it, and he needed this specific selling capacity that I didn't feel like I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt bad because, you know, we, we didn't have any clients at the time he offered to pay us money and it felt weird to say mm-hmm. no to that. Um, but you know, I knew there was somebody in the community that would benefit a lot from him who is bootstrapping his business as well. And we referred him to them and it's, I think helped grow their company like over 20% in the past five months. And I'm really glad now that I knew I couldn't help him Mm -hmm. uh, the way he needed help, And it was cool to see, you know, when I first started this, I thought of it as a pure, like, wow, this will pull a lot of clients in for our business. And I think I'm starting to see that that is not only true, but there's a lot of other people in there that can solve different problems and, mm-hmm. and kind of help them out as well. And I think I created more credibility and trust with that person because I told him I can't help him. I yeah. found yep. somebody who could I'm very yeah. active in like my mastermind now and just I think a really good story about the value of connecting people mm-hmm. and, and helping them find the right opportunities within the community.
0: I, I certainly think you built trust you know with them in, in that by you know especially at, at, on a bootstrap you're thinking and we we have we're not niching down anywhere we we will take anybody any any time yeah we'll take in kind trades it doesn't matter but you you mentioned one of the guys was uh you know worked for or was it square did mm-hmm. you mention so Tell me, I, I've always been curious and I, I think that, you know, you would probably have enough experience or at least know people to have enough experience in this space. So you hear about people that are, you know, that really worked at these unicorns, you know, and I would consider obviously a square unicorn. So that seems like such a monumental gap between a, a mom and pop dry cleaners get trying to get started. I mean, are they... Are there are there universals, or are they just completely like you can't? You know, you live in Beverly Hills. There's no way you can identify with somebody living in you know the backside of Arkansas here. So, I mean, how do you how do you bridge that gap between you know the things of the the, the truths in a unicorn or the strategies of unicorn versus I'm just trying to get my feet under me type thing? Do you kind of understand the question?
1: yeah yeah absolutely the the square one is it's an interesting example because this guy in particular helped build he was square's first seller ever and um really helped them build when at a time when like they really weren't anything Mm -hmm. um which was which is cool but i think you're right in a lot of ways i think people one of our most active members, for example, is uh, he runs like a massage company based out of Illinois. I'm like a like a half million dollar a year massage company, which I think is is awesome. And you know, I think he gets imposter syndrome in a lot of ways, where yeah. he gets in a mastermind with a a tech company and says, you know, I'm not building something like that. And a lot of times, I have to remind him, like, hey, man, you have more revenue than them. Like, you both <laughs> built this from scratch. You, you know, I think helping them see the similarities and the commonalities between that is something i found to be Mm. really important i think most people bootstrap less because it's certainly not even like a financial decision but i think they just wanted to be in control of their own life Mm -hmm. and um, i think people that work at these big companies the ones that leave to start their own businesses knew that they had a capacity to do things on their own and i think wanted to see that um through so I think just trying to find the commonalities between these people and make it less about the product and what they sell and more about what's motivating them in the first place, I think is has really helped kind of grow some interconnectedness and some grassroots tech type, type feel to it
0: that is that that makes perfect sense. and I and as, I think it is different. you know, if you were at square, you know when there was fifteen people, you know, or 10 people versus 15,000, you know, or whatever the, you know, the current works workforce is. But yeah. um, I, I've just always wondered about how, you know, are those, are the principles universal enough, you know, are they broad enough? Are they consistent enough that, that, you know, what you learned there, you can certainly apply at. You know virtually whatever level of, of startup you are trying to you know and you're not maybe you're not trying to build i mean the guy doing the massage parlor is probably not trying to build a 50 million dollar a year business i mean he's trying to like you said right. trying to change his life and you know through through good business practices and and you know scalable you know workable growth you know and that he can manage well but um i i uh, i would love to hear like, just what are some obstacles that you kind of faced as you tried to launch your your community? What are some things that have come up that you that you just no way you could have foreseen? <laughs> <laughs> let me, here you unroll the scroll here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me let me tell you the first five hundred. I wasn't yeah, yeah. prepared it, for.
1: It's always harder than you think it'll be. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Takes longer, It costs more. Yeah, all that.
1: Absolutely, I think. uh, A few big things. One, I underestimated just how much time it takes to make it engaging, which Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done because I've been in Slack communities that candidly I thought were boring and uninspiring. Mm -hmm. And you only have like, I saw silence once. I think you only have like three days or something to really capture someone's attention before they decide, like, I'm going to keep coming and spending my time back there. And I think I underestimated that. I pulled in these original like 30 or 40 people i kind of knew and i knew they would be engaged but beyond that you know i think it started to grow so fast that i was like whoa i don't have the engagement level to make this
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know interesting i started asking my old co-founders you know if i gave this to you four years ago and said this is what we were looking for like is it truly what we were looking for and i think um Used a lot of feedback like that to try to make it a bit more of an engaging space but that was that was a big one and I would say um, the other big one was just the amount of brute force outputs it takes to really get this off the ground I didn't know and my advisory board didn't know either none of them have per se started a community but I always knew there's got to be like a number where this thing starts to grow a bit mm-hmm. organically people invite folks they know and it really didn't happen for us until we hit about 400 people um i spent a lot of time on pure cold outreach on linkedin and Mm -hmm. and twitter x now or facebook or email and um, a lot of long nights but um it was so important for me to like keep the momentum and make sure we didn't have a week where we didn't add anybody so
0: that uh, those are two i and I, i mean you can say i you know i didn't I, I couldn't foresee that, but I mean, they probably had to be in the back of your mind that, you know, things that, you know, you're, you know, this has to be engaging. Now, how to get there is a different, that's a different question, you know, that idea, but it's, it's interesting. You said they got, you have three days. Hmm, that is, uh, that would make sense. I mean, actually it's probably longer than I would have guessed. I would, I would have yeah. said you got you know three minutes you know, to, <laughs> to it's like the attention span of a gnat you know most most of us have but well and um, i had,
1: hadn't even thought about it because i you know i had been in these slack workspaces where i've been in a couple or um ones like pavilion where right after i said like this is game changing i had been in ones where i immediately exited out mm-hmm. and knew i wasn't going to log back in and yep. i think in my head i thought I can just get people in here and I'll make it engaging later, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it really forced me to reverse engineer my thinking there.
0: Well, I, I guess you, you know, your experience almost taught you that, Hey, this is binary, either they're in or they're out. I mean, they're, they're either going to stick or they're not going to, they wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten them anyway. I don't care how engaging, you know, we were type thing, but I, uh, that, that's, that's really interesting. Those, those two things that in a very short period of time, you've kind of you know had to had to deal with as you launched this but we're going to we're going to take a quick work, quick break to hear from our sponsor but right after that I want to I want to ask you about you know the entrepreneurial dna gene theory that I have so let's take a break cool and now here's a quick word from one of our new sponsors on rising tide startups have you been wanting to start a podcast but not sure where to start well now you can start a podcast in less than 24 hours I'm David Ezell and I'll walk you through all of the things that you need to get started today. Things like how to choose the right microphone, how to edit your audio, and how to find guests and build a pipeline of future guests. This course does a great job of keeping things high level while also diving into the things that keep most people from starting. Even better, if you use the code RISING at checkout, you'll get 20% off your purchase. But that's only if you use the code RISING at checkout what are you waiting for start your podcast today we are back um i i am talking with uh, eric harrison today from thrive bootstrapped and eric thanks again for joining us on rising tide but i i have this theory that uh and i've asked you know a lot of guests their thoughts on this you know whether you know it's kind of the old nature versus nurture you know um argument and do you think that most entrepreneurs i'm not talking about just business people that manage businesses and run businesses but most true entrepreneurs have a a different genetic makeup do they have an entrepreneur gene
1: that's a great question i'll say uh, this is like probably the most thought-provoking question i think i've ever been asked <laughs> i really i really like this one i actually don't think so um which like i had to put a lot of thought into that but i actually don't think so i think if you would have asked me four years ago i would have said yeah i would have said i woke up every day the past 10 years knowing i want to be an entrepreneur and uh would have made up some reason why (laughs) and uh i think the people that grow up saying i want to be an entrepreneur and you say like what type of business do you want to run and they say well i just want to run a business i think those are a lot of times the people that end up like having a really hard time finding Mm -hmm. success. They have a really hard time finding like their own identity in entrepreneurship versus, I think there are a lot of people out there in the world right now that would never consider the possibility that they could be an entrepreneur, would never consider that they could be a founder. They might be a software developer at Google right now um, that are in five years away from building the next big thing or something that's niche to an industry that Mm -hmm. changes the lives of, A lot of people i think it's very experience driven you know i think i do think there is something within people a mentality of resilience and and work ethic and drive that it takes to be successful that a lot of people just do not have but i think the ones that stumble upon a problem and almost are like too humble to admit that like Mm -hmm. they are entrepreneurs like i just have like insane respect i think those are the people that do kind of to find the success and find the traction versus, you know, my first company, I would have just told you, I don't know what problem we solve, but I know I want to be an entrepreneur. And I think that's where we had a lot of struggle.
0: (laughs) See, I, it's interesting because I've asked this to other, other founders and, and I've gotten a lot of answers kind of in the, in the same general zip code, you know, of what you were just talking about. I think the question maybe, maybe needs to change. Maybe I need to need to think serial entrepreneurs. Maybe aren't born with the genetic. I mean, the, I'm I'm thinking. I maybe when I picture, you know, a true entrepreneur. I'm true. I'm picturing this person that gets up every morning and they like carry a little notepad with them or they use Apple Notes on their phone. They go, you know, they they came up with ten ideas a day. You know, of, of things that they just see opportunity everywhere. You know, they're what does it say if if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. You know, yep. so it's the It is that, that kind of that mentality, that drive and that constant gear that's spinning in their head, you know, but, um, I think you're right. I think sometimes entrepreneurs are just created out of opportunity. You know, just there's a market, there's a product, there's a fit and boom, they woke up and they, you know, they were working for a company one day and the next day they're running a hundred million dollar, you know, side business here. But, uh, it, it is always interesting to hear people's thoughts on that.
1: And I, I think like when they stumble upon the opportunity, a lot of times they they talk themselves out of it. They say, someone else will tackle this problem or there's no way I could do this. And I think even like in our community, if I had to pin a a qualitative value add, it's that like we instill some confidence in people. Like mm-hmm. you are qualified to do this, like you are putting your energy in the right places. And I think a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs that there are a lot of people that will be entrepreneurs that just don't know if they are ready yet. Just need to hear that. They yeah. need that person that said I've been in this spot before I believe in mm-hmm. you. Yeah.
0: Do you have community guidelines? I mean, like, Hey, let's be positive. Let's be encouraging. You know, this, this isn't a competition. I mean, it is all boats rising in a rising tide type thing. Yeah. The, the biggest one that I, try to preach to people a lot of people ask us when we
1: reach out to them you know they, they say like not only what are the benefits of the community but they say like what's the expectation on mm-hmm. on me and i think the the kind of three big things that i try to tell people is part of being active i think is you know when you're running a startup it's so tough to visualize your wins. Um, we have a channel in our community called like Winning and Growing. And something mm-hmm. I, I tell them is, this might only take you two minutes of your week, but please post in that channel every Monday mm-hmm. and share what does winning look like for you this week? Because I think it, it helps motivate them, but it it's also good. helps us hold them accountable um, to try to help them reach that. So that's a that's kind of a big guideline for us that we, we encourage. The second one I'll tell them is, find one person in there every week and share advice. You know, a lot of folks will, tell us like i want to be in here to learn but i'll have to remind them like the massage company you know you have a lot of value to add to uh, mm-hmm. you know don't be afraid just because you're not in that industry to to offer you know we have a channel for like website feedback or pitch feedback and I'll always tell folks you know they don't always want to hear from me and my team they want to hear from people that have been in their shoes yeah um, and the third the third kind of like final big thing is you know i've been in a lot of communities where it's just like a a whole host of people pitching that product. And I didn't, I didn't want that we're pretty strict on you are more than welcome to engage with these people in DM or outside of this audience. Or like we're happy to even give you their email if, if you want to, but please don't flood what's supposed to be a space for like mentorship and camaraderie with like buy my product, yeah. if like there's time and place. And you know, I think the people that have actually been successful landing business from there have taken that advice seriously. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of our main guidelines.
0: You, you don't answer a question like a politician, like somebody asks you a question. Let me actually answer this question by saying, have you tried my you know, special <laughs> rash cream? It works yeah. really well. You know, that's a, every every answer leads back to by my product that I'm trying to sell. But it's yeah, absolutely. so- you build? Have you built this on the Slack platform? You mentioned Slack earlier, or is this like is it independent? Facebook? What are, what's the what's kind of the platform?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's Slack right now, and you know I don't know. It will always be on that. They've got pretty loose guidelines in terms of how many members you can have in mm-hmm. there. I think the beauty of this is that's one of those things that I'm going to want to listen to community members on. You mm-hmm. know, I've noticed like a lot of folks from Twitter and X have said you know, you should consider having this in Discord or people have said this on Facebook. And I think we're just gonna wanna keep listening to people. You know, at the end of the day, it's their community. If I think it's valuable and they don't, the whole thing goes up in flames. So um, for now we're on Slack. Um, We try to organize channels into things that I think drive discussion. We have a channel for conversations about sales, about marketing about hiring, about website or pitch feedback. And, you know, we've, it's been cool about every month, somebody said, have you thought about a channel for XYZ or have Mm -hmm. you thought about Hosting a webinar on xyz so um, it's a good platform i think to get people engaged and a lot of people are fairly familiar with it i've noticed so it's nice
0: and it's i mean it's built for that i mean it's it's Mm -hmm. that was that was the reason it was kind of built was the whole idea behind slack but you know you've heard people talk about you know you eventually want to migrate to your own platform you don't ever want to you know be renting real estate you want to own it type things so um, i can i can see you know slack goes belly up tomorrow you're thinking you know we still have their email addresses we still have you know the the community somewhere that we can reach out to them and and start it somewhere else but it's yeah it is it really interesting that you know lessons learned and and uh you know especially in such a short period of time and that's a great segue to kind of our last segment, you know, where it's, we call it the mentor moment. And I really want you to kind of drill down and whether it's personal experience or things you've learned in the community or just learned along the way. But what are one or two, you know, really germane points that, you know, for people that just are trying to get started, what are two kind of universals, regardless of what they're doing, um, that, that you think are really important to, to know and to keep in mind when you're trying to get something off the ground?
1: Great, great question. The two pieces of advice that I give people, whether they are a twenty-year-old startup founder or or building a mom and pop shop in Central Iowa, the two pieces are: are one, I think, if you're the founder or the CEO, you, uh, particularly early, you have to be the head of sales, and and you have to get good at selling. It is a capacity that you just have to build. You know, I think before I started, before I went and worked at that startup company, I never had a sales role, and you know, we landed clients, I'll, I'll say uh, candidly, Kevin, by sheer luck. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't Right, right. I think they liked me, but I uh, <laughs> uh, I have a sales background. I have a marketing background. And I think it, I know it costs us time and I know it costs us um, dollars. And I think there are so many free resources out there. And honestly, people will just jump on calls and help folks mm-hmm. that um, want to help. So I think um, build that selling capacity is always is like that piece of advice and And don't pass up being the head of sales. In Mm -hmm. my first business, I allowed one of our other co founders who wasn't that interested in selling, but we just needed to fill that capacity to be the head of sales. And I think we really struggled because people, because it was my vision and it was my business and I built the product. And I think we had a really tough time with that. And I would always encourage folks, probably before they hit, between like seven hundred thousand and a million dollars in revenue, like you really need to own that head of mm-hmm. sales capacity if you're the kind of founder or at least be the first person that they see and engage with. And second big piece of advice, I would say relationships are just everything in mm. in business. There's no amount of money can replace that. No product can replace that. You know, I think a big challenge I had in my first company is I just did not surround myself with people who knew what it was like to be in my shoes. You know i feel like every person that i talked to advice i appreciated it but it just couldn't motivate me or, or i didn't feel like they had been on my side of the table before and it felt really tough to get advice that was just like spend another fifty thousand dollars on marketing when i knew I, I didn't have that and i think you know whether it's your friends and family or people in your industry just like reach out to people and ask them to help i was shocked that these seven people I put on my advisory board were willing to commit five to seven hours a week for no money, for no exchange of equity, just because they believed in the vision that I laid out and they believe in what Thrive could become, Um, those folks would jump on a five-hour call every week if I asked them to. And I think everyone has people in their life that I think they could find or in their industry that they can find to do that. And I would say, find these people that have skill gaps that you know you need to fill and surround yourself that people that will be candid with you and, and keep those relationships they're going to be the thing that carries your business through mm. some really tough times
0: that is uh, I, I love that advice and you know the not. and i've heard that before the idea that you know what everything is sales <laughs> it's like it, that that is the that's the engine that is driving the car you know early on for sure and and then the, just the whole idea around relationships and, and your network and building that and adding value and, you know, shared value between it's not just, I'm just asking for things. I'm also providing, you know, service support to others and and just the whole idea of, of building your community. But where is the, if, if people are interested in, in looking at the community, learning more, joining the community or whatever, where's the best place that, you, that they can, they can get in touch with you or in touch with, with what you're trying to build and, and uh you know tell us where else online might might be some interesting things that they need to check out
1: yeah absolutely um our website's probably the best place it's uh thrive um got a lot of information on there about about why we started it, about some of the awesome people in it we host our podcast episodes on there and there's um, a little link at the bottom that um, you can request to join as long as you're uh, a bootstrap founder we will let you in uh pretty quickly as well um we're also very, very active on Um, LinkedIn. It's uh, under the name Thrive on uh, LinkedIn. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm active on LinkedIn as well as most of my team as well. So I would encourage anybody to check out our content um, there. And we're starting to post a lot of our podcast episodes on on Facebook. It's Thrive Bootstrapped as well as our Instagram, which is Thrive Bootstrapped uh, as well.
0: Well, I appreciate that. If if you'll send me those links, I'll make sure that we'll get all those links in the in the show notes. And uh just really encourage our listeners, just check it out. And and you know that a lot of our listeners are either, you know, in, currently engaged in trying to start something or they're sitting in that cubicle about to go crazy, you know, think I've got to do <laughs> something, you know, to to break out of here. But uh Eric, thanks again just for taking time today. I appreciate the just a good conversation and, and just how much you've learned in such a relatively short period of time and so willing to share that with us and really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Eric, thanks again. Have a great week. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. I hope you heard some great takeaways from our guests today. Make sure you reach out to them and thank you again for playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.